0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Logic Sports Podcast. I'm joined today by my regulars Dan Pleet and the Subar. How are you guys doing today?
1: Feeling good, feeling good like usual. Pretty good, you
0: know. How was your vacation day out in Florida? Taking uh, that L.
1: It, it was
2: fun, but you know we did take an L, so it wasn't great. But I saw some good stuff out of us. But we'll we'll get into that, obviously.
0: <laughs> All right, but well, let's talk about the Bucks. Do you think that the Bucks are for real? After watching that game in person, at least, do you think the Bucs are for real? I mean, that atmosphere was, was kind of
2: crazy, honestly. Like, there were a lot of Eagles fans. It was pretty close to probably maybe 60, 40, 65, 35 Bucs fans. But um, those Bucs fans are really bringing it, I'm telling you. And they loved it. They were they had people in the end zone, Bucks players, like in the end zone, hyping them up when they're up uh, 27 to 14. And they're they were... They were having it there, and I really loved that atmosphere. Even though uh, the Bucks did win, I thought that they looked uh, they looked really good, and this will definitely be a good game for them this week to see if they're actually uh, legit against the Steelers.
1: Yeah, see, I just can't. I, I think that Fitz Magic has had two really Fitz good Mad. games to start off. <laughs> he, had, he went 27 for 33 with 402 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception against one of the most premier defenses in the league. I said it last week I think they're one of the best. I think they could be up there. But I just think this can't, can't – I don't think this will consistently take them to the playoffs. I think he's going – on. I think he's hot right now. He's feeling a groove. But I think someone's going to figure him out. He still is a backup. He's better than Jameis Winston in my opinion. But I don't think this will catapult them to being an elite team in the playoffs. I know anything can happen, but I just don't see this happening. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, I agree with what you said just because you look at the fact that I think no matter what – he should be the quarterback for the rest of the year. Yeah. And I think he's actually kind of good. But going forward, you look at who they have to go against in their division like the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers. Yeah, the it's just, it's biggest. just, it's not even a knock against the Bucks. Like they're a good team, but I just don't think they're really ready yet until they get that actual franchise quarterback. And Fitzpatrick can definitely win them, you know, six, seven, maybe eight games this year. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. He could win a lot. He could win more. But. It's going to be really interesting to see. But would you? Would any of you guys even consider starting Jameis next week when he comes back?
1: I'm, well, personally, I'm not a Jameis fan, so I don't think he's good enough to play in the league anymore. I just don't think he's grown into what he was supposed to be. Coming out of college, coming out as a Seminole, he was seen as, wow, dude, this could be the next great player. Like, this could be the next Cam Newton, basically, because he's, he's kind of built similar to him. But he's not that play style. He struggles when he plays. He throws a lot of interceptions. He's not the producer that they need him to be. Uh, I mean, Fitzpatrick
2: Patrick kind of just made it look kind of, uh, pretty simple out there. From my perspective, when they were kind of coming to the end of the game and they kind of had to ice it, they would run the ball. Their running backs weren't great. They had uh, they yeah. Barber and Rodgers. Yeah, like, I know Rodgers. Right I didn't really know who Barber was. 16
1: carries for 22 yards for Barber and 5 carries for 13 rushing yeah, yards exactly. for Rodgers. It, it
2: wasn't great. So when they came to try to ice it, they had to try to run it. It wasn't working. But then... You should have seen the the simple passes he would make to really, to to get them the first down and not have to punt. It was just a quick a quick out to like D J or a quick out to Evans, and he made it look so simple. And it was frustrating watching that as an Eagles fan, but as a football fan, I'm like he looked pretty good. So I I really want to see what he does against the Steelers because I think, I think that's gonna be a high scoring game, obviously. But
1: also, I want to add, I don't think that Fizz is really as good as what he is. Because you look at some of the plays that happened, the O.J. Howard touchdown, that was just a broken down play. Darby missed the tackle. I'm not sure who the other uh, corner of safety was that missed it. But that's two missed tackles and him just running straight down the field with a blocker in front of him. I mean, how often is that going to happen? Deshaun Jackson had four catches for 129 yards. You know what that average is? 32 yards a catch. 32 yards a catch. Jalen Mills was barbecue chicken out there.
0: Well, that's the second week Sean Jackson did that. He did that against the Saints, too. I'm pretty sure he had five catches over 100 yards and two touchdowns the week before. I just think, like, they just got to keep it going. Like, they played well. Fitzpatrick just made the throws when he really had to. He just looked like a veteran, and he looked poised. But compared to Jameis, I wouldn't say he's not good enough to still be in the league. But what he brings to your team is just a lot of unwanted attention. He gets in a lot of trouble off the field, and he's not even, like, that great of a producer on the field. So at this point you just have to go with Fitzpatrick but you have to also think about the bucks in the future cuz after Fitzpatrick is old he's up there in age so after him what do they do after that cuz they did they did think James was their future so
1: so i want to bring this to your point since you think he could still be in the league what team could you see him playing for
0: I mean, I can't. I don't. I don't really know right now, because like a lot of every team just like has their quarterback situation as of right now, because it's week two. Like they just came to the offseason. season. Every team is confident, but by the end of the year, there's definitely going to be teams that need quarterbacks, and you never know. Like James could fit in there, but I just think like me personally, I just I think it's more than just his play on the field. I just think it's him what he does off the field and his distractions. He could be a good player, but with that it's just always going to hold him back and he's really not going to ever get to that next level because of that.
2: Well, it's it's going to be hard because he's not a free agent until until 2020. Yeah, so, so they have to trade him. They would so, have to yeah. trade him and he was the number 1 pick. They still see something in him. So it'd be they would really take a
0: lot for them to trade him. I don't know if anyone's gonna give him what the the Buccaneers are gonna are gonna. Yeah, want, I think you know? th- I think they'll probably just ride it out with Fitzpatrick until he starts getting cold or whatever it is. But I think in the future, right now the Bucks are still gonna have James as their quarterback at least for the next few years because they have no other option. Yeah, and at this point. old at this point, yeah. so yeah, it's not like yeah, it's, it's like, like his window. This one year, maybe two strange, years, man. his window. And it's not like James got benched. Like he's definitely getting outplayed right now, but he didn't yeah. get benched. He just got suspended. Yeah. Fitzpatrick so, would have never started. Yeah, know, Fitzpatrick would have never so. started, this probably wouldn't be a conversation or even a thought.
1: No Fitzmagic.
0: Yeah, but I want to talk about the opponent that they're playing on Monday night, which is the Steelers. And there's a lot of dysfunction in that locker room with Le'Veon and then Antonio Brown missed mispractice, but he did come back to practice yesterday. What do you think Mike Tomlin has to do to get his locker room intact? Um, I mean, it's, it's a lot at this point. After that
2: whole Le'Veon thing, we don't... We had a, what, 20-minute conversation on that, it, how his lineman didn't like it, and he's still not showing up. You see him on a jet ski in Miami or whatever, so that's one thing. And then you got your star receiver doing this and and, and speaking out at on on Twitter and saying, like, try and trade me or something, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, it's going to be hard. Like, he really needs his veterans in that locker room to step up. And they, they were saying that, that Ben and Cam Hayward were were in the locker room trying to keep it together. So that that's a good base already, but Tomlin really needs to – try and do it himself too because if he doesn't have that locker room there, there's a lot of there's a lot of different minds in there I I it kind of to the to the Lakers in basketball how they have all these different kinds of players and different personalities, kinds of, personalities. Per, exactly personalities that it's hard for them to click so once that chemistry kind of goes away you'll you lose it all so I mean Tomlin really needs to help them get back together I believe
1: yeah but just the way they spoke about Le'Veon Bell, you could feel the turmoil was starting to build with him not showing up. So, like, Le'Veon, all the linemen are still going to have their mindsets about Le'Veon. Le'Veon's going to have his mindsets about the line. They understand everybody, the one thing that they need to do, that Tyler needs to bring up, they're all in this team together to try one goal. Win the Super Bowl, that's the whole thing, that's the whole reason why you're playing. You want to win. Win as many games as possible. So you have to bring the camaraderie back to where you were successful, where you were competing with these elite teams, where you were giving the Patriots a run for their money every year because that's the team to beat in their conference. Mm -hmm. That's the team that they have to go by. So for your two best players to be dealing with turmoil some way and somehow within the locker room, you really got to cut that off quick or else it could turn out really bad for them. I just think,
0: like, all of this mess is. Mike Tomlin's fault. He's a. I think he's a good football coach, but it's more than just X's and O's being a coach. You really got to keep your team together and keep them disciplined. And I think the Steelers are kind of like the most undisciplined team outside of football. If you look at just all the all their players and like what they do on social media, like every like Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, they're very active on social media, and you don't really see that from a lot of other athletes. You know, nonstop every day. And also, I feel like they're just not as tight. It's a lot of like he said, she said. All this stuff and if you're gonna be a team then money wouldn't be a problem or or you not getting the ball wouldn't be a problem like in Antonio Brown's case but Mike Tom just needs to bring your team together because I look at it and I see all the all these other players like for example Earl Thomas obviously he he held out and he went an extension but at the end of the day he said I'm gonna go out there and play because of my teammates like I'm gonna remember what the organization did but those are my guys those are my teammates and if Le'Veon Bell is not there he obviously doesn't care about his teammates or play football he just cares about himself and money and it's kind of selfish so you, you if you're Mike Tomlin you got to get that out of all your players all your players are a little bit of selfish and you just have to get them to be unselfish and they, they can really gel and I feel like the past couple years they could have excelled to the next level and won a Super Bowl but they couldn't because they never were together and I feel like that's the biggest problem And if Mike Tomlin can't do that then he might have to go yeah, he's he's got to realize that he's not the same coach he was when he came into the league. He was he was what
2: Sean McVay is now. He was he was I believe 35. He came into the league one of the younger coaches, probably the youngest at the time. And he won a Super Bowl when he was 36, 37 years old. So he he's just he has to realize that he's not that same coach and he has to change up his style at this point and really figure it out cuz cuz back in 2009 when they won the Super Bowl, there wasn't all this social media stuff. Like there was a yeah. little bit of it. But it really got out of – it's getting out of control at this point. So with with all this happening, he's got to just get it under control in that locker room and tell those guys, like, what's up? Like, they got to know that that's his locker room, That his that's his team. Like, they got to listen to him.
0: I feel, I feel you on that. And they they just got to listen to him. And when Mike Town came in the league, it wasn't really his team when he won that Super Bowl. So you win that Super Bowl after the old coach, I think Bill Cowell, retired, yeah, and he comes in. And then he does that, and yeah, he still has Ben and all of that, but almost everyone from that team is different now. And he hasn't really been able to do anything besides make it to the playoffs every year and then just fail. When they're really like, a lot of people pick the Steelers at the beginning of every season to every go win season. the championship. So I think he's just underperforming at this point, and it might just be time to change up the head coaching I feel
1: situation. like their biggest fallout is the fact that they base everything so strongly on their offense, they don't support their defense, yeah. and they get into these shootouts with teams and hoping to win. Like their last game against the Chiefs, Their the second-year man, uh, Patrick Mahomes, they get throw, he throws for six touchdowns. Yeah. The final score is 42-37. to 37. You can't consistently be their their first game against the Browns they it was a tie of 21-21. That's not a crazy number but you can't consistently have a team score over 20. Over 20, over 20. I understand that they have the firepower on offense to match a lot of teams but you still have to hold up on defense,
0: and especially Lavion's out too. So.
1: Exactly. We don't have Lavion that's a big problem. And we go into these we go into these playoff games Everybody has a good offense. Everyone's here for a reason. Their defense can step up. Defenses, I think, do win championships. When your defense steps up, that's what gets you the momentum. That's what shifts everything. So for them not to have a set defense where you think that they're like an elite team and their offense is elite, that's what separates them from the Patriots. Because when the Patriots need... They also have the greatest quarterback and greatest yeah, player in yeah, the yeah, <laughs> play. But when their defense needs to... They, they have playmakers. Yeah. Think about the Super Bowl with Michael Butler. He jumps the route. That's, I know it's, that's like that's, one in a million, but like still, that's yeah. still a play. That's a game-breaking play. And they that have – That made him who he was. Yeah. That, that built him into the player he is now, and that's – They're opportunists. That's what I want to say they are. Yeah. They're opportunists. So I feel like they make the right plays, and that's why they're always successful because Brady's behind the, he's behind the center, of course, but their defense is very opportunistic.
0: So do you think that the Steelers can turn around – I mean, I wouldn't even say
2: it's they have to turn it around. Like you said, they're still putting up numbers. If they had better
0: rushing, like Connor, only had seventeen, so maybe if they was there, like eight carries. Yeah, he only had eight carries. So they they need they need something consistent. I, I, there's just something wrong there.
1: Because without Le'Veon, Le'Veon's the middle piece between everything, receiving, rushing. He's the guy you can go to for whenever you need something. So with him not being in there, that playmaking factor is gone. So then you have to worry about Juju and then you have to just worry about Brown, and now Brown's unhappy, and that's definitely not helpful towards their team.
0: I mean, I think they'll be okay just based off of talent because I think they're just more talented than the rest of their division at this point, so yeah. they don't even have to. I don't think they might just have to get 9-10 wins to win their division and get in the playoffs, but I don't see them going to the next level. It's going to be hard for me to see them win in one game, and I don't even know if is going to come back, so they had just so many questions, and when you have questions like that, that kind of distracts the team on the field, too, and that can affect your team's play. So it's just going to be... It's going to be interesting with me, especially this week going against Tampa, who's kind of, like, on the opposite spectrum as them because yeah. Tampa's going up and Pittsburgh's going down.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. They, they really have to... I mean, I, it looks like they're kind of just waiting for that cupcake game, but they're not going to get it. They still got... Their division's not bad with the Ravens. Bengals are always consistent. The Browns aren't great. They got an okay defense. But they got... They got um, they got the, the division that they're playing in the other, uh, the other conference is the uh, is the Bucks division, like you said, which three teams made that made the yeah. playoffs last year from that, and yeah. it's not the Bucks, and the Bucks look like the best in that division at this point. So they get they have they have tough teams to play. They still have to play the Pats later in the year, the Jaguars, the Chargers. It's it's no it's not going to be an easy road for them. Like they really have to figure this out now, or else they might not
0: even make the playoffs at this point. Yeah, I I agree with that, but to transition, I want to talk about the biggest news. that's kind of floating around the sports world right now and that's jimmy butler asking for a trade from minnesota what do you just make of that whole situation
1: see they say that at least jimmy butler says that his decision wasn't based off his beef with uh andrew wiggins and Kent. but i think i i completely disagree with him i think he's just saying that for the media to report it because I don't know if you guys heard about it, but the tweet that uh, Andrew Wiggins' brother Nick yeah, was, uh, Nick oh, Wiggins yeah. when he said Hallelujah and recently in- on Instagram, Jimmy Butler posted something yeah, smart, working yeah. out saying Hallelujah. So I f- you can't tell me that that's not beef. Like there's something undercover that they're not talking it about. Is, yeah. So I feel like that's one of the main reasons he said he didn't like the work ethic. And you know Jimmy Butler wants to win. He's. Good. I
0: don't. I, you can't say he wants to win though, because you look at his top three teams it's the Clippers the Nets and the Knicks and none of his <laughs> teams made the playoffs See, last year because he's
1: basing it off of another star coming with him because there is a lot of free agents coming out there's big names coming out he's a free agent this but what does Brooklyn, Brooklyn do I'm not sure what Brooklyn does. That's where I, I. That's where he had me a little bit confused. I was like, Brooklyn, come on. We yeah, were, yeah, we did we were, yeah, but they but talk. We that were like no Brooklyn, sense. but New York has the potential. They got uh, Porter or no? what's Kevin Knox. Kevin, Kevin Knox. Knox. Oh, same Porter. Kevin Knox. They got Porzingis. That's what I meant. And Cancer. And they got Cantor. That's three solid pieces. If you could add Jimmy Butler and add Kyrie in the mix, that's a that's a good team, especially in the East with LeBron going now. The East can is really up for grabs, and who's to say they can to make a push.
0: I agree, but if I'm Jimmy Butler, I just, I feel like the Knicks would be my only choice, but the Clippers are his front runner. but I just want to know what a trade package would look like for any of these teams. Like, I feel like not a lot of these teams have a lot of assets that they really want to, like, that they really would trade, and I was just looking at, like, for example, the Clippers, their best assets are, like, Gallinari, Avery Bradley, and Gilgis Alexander, who they just drafted this year. And do you really want to give up future picks for Jimmy Butler? Because that's not a player who really is like, okay, I know we're going to compete for a championship because we have Jimmy Butler on our team. And you're also the Clippers, so you're the second L.A. option for most of the big stars. Like, Clay's going to think Lakers first. If Kawhi's a free agent, he's probably going to think Lakers first. Like, there's obviously a chance he'd go to the Clippers. But if I'm Jimmy Butler, the only one that makes sense for me is the Knicks, and I'll stay away from the other two locations. I mean, Jimmy
2: Butler's just, he got to... I don't even know what it is. It it seems like he just wants to be somewhere that he could be the guy at this point. Yeah. You know, like he didn't. Li- I don't think he actually liked Wiggins and Cat near him. Like they they help him a lot, so he probably should have liked it. But I don't know what was going on that so locker room. He
1: said it was the the lack of effort and like the grind. Cause you know he's a workhorse. Yeah. And you can tell that, they and or at least around the NBA, they say that Andrew Wiggins has a real laid back demeanor. He's not really up in everything like. And yeah. Boogie, and you can not Boogie. Cat, you can see that he's kind of the same way. Like they're they seem pretty close in camaraderie so it just seems different from what Wiggins not oh my gosh, Wiggins. Butler was talking about, sorry. What Butler was talking about when he was in the Bulls with uh well I guess the Timberwolves. Like I don't
0: it just confused me because he says he wants to, you know, like work hard and he wants but like you can't say he wants to win because they were talking about LA and he said, "Oh, like LA was a, you know, a good spot for him at first, but then LeBron went, so he doesn't want to go there because that's yeah. LeBron's team. So like, he wants it to be his team. But then again, if he wants someone else to join him, like Kyrie, Kyrie's gonna take the spot spotlight yeah. in New York, or like even Kristaps. Kristaps has the potential to be better than him. But like that's why like I can you see you can like, argue how he already is. Exactly, yeah, you position, can. Yeah. So like, if he goes to the Nets, what is he gonna do in the Nets? Like I know the East is bad, but they still probably m- might not make the playoffs. It's gonna be him and D'Angelo Russell and a whole bunch of young guys. So." I don't I don't really know how how well that's gonna work out.
1: So I don't really know what Jimmy Butler
0: wants. If he wants (laughs) to work hard, if he wants to win, then don't go to the Nets, don't go to the Clippers. And I mean, I guess you can go to the Knicks, but if you want to be the guy, then all like it makes no sense to go anywhere yeah, right? besides gonna, the Nets. But you're, you're not going to do anything.
1: You're not go right, so. on the Nets. The Nets, <laughs> so much potential. It's so it much really, potential. It really all
2: depends on what other teams look at Jimmy Butler as. Like teams could see him and be like, "That's like that's a guy. Like he could be our guy. Like at the uh, in our locker room on the on the court." But you would know? you? But like he's probably going to be like. A future first round pick. Do you want to give up a first round pick? And no, some yeah, assets? exactly. i don't want to do that. Like, at, since we're not GMs, we don't know what they think. Like, at for us, he's not like. I don't think he really is the number one guy who could win you a championship. I think he has he's those a great player though. Yeah. He is. He definitely is. But I don't. I wouldn't mortgage my future for it. You know, I would. I would. I would be like. You know, I'll give you like maybe a, a few like smaller assets for him, yeah. but I'm not going to give you those big ones. Like we, we're still trying to build our team. Like he's a good player, but. Is he really that guy who we can give up a bunch of first rounds? Especially what those teams
0: Because they're not ready, like, they're not ready, like, okay, I can, if I'm the Nets, I haven't had a first round pick in years, so I know I'm not ready it. to give up a first round pick for Jimmy Butler. If I'm the Knicks, is Jimmy Butler, Chris Stapps, and Enos Cannon going to make me compete for right now? And, like, I have to bank on uh, Kyrie coming for me to be a contender. And
1: Kevin
0: Knox. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Kevin Knox, yeah. but, like, he's an unknown at this point. Yeah. He's still a rookie. So, it's just all these teams, There's I feel like they're too far away to give up you know valuable assets to the timberwolves and the timberwolves i feel like aren't going to take jimmy butler for cheap unless you know he really wants out and he starts threatening his playing time or something like that so this whole situation is fishy but if you if you had to say one team would get him what team do you think would um right now i would i mean those are just the preferred
2: that's that's just who he wants like a team doesn't have to listen to him so there're going to be a lot of teams going after him like they saw I saw the heat word but mm. right now I think it will probably end up being the Knicks because I think him and Kyrie are actually going to end up there together so I think he probably will end up threatening his playing time and being like like the Knicks is that team and like he, he might even be talking to to somebody over at the Knicks being like you should should tell him like I'm here like I would really benefit you know just how like Earl Thomas was doing it you remember when yeah. he went
0: up to um but Jason Jimmy Butler's doing that, but just with the Clippers. You think? Oh, yeah. That, that's what, what I saw, at Clippers, least. Like, that's yeah. what I saw. But if you're the Knicks, what would you give up for him? Honestly, I wouldn't give up more than one first rounder at
2: this point. Mm-hmm. He He's great, but I don't know if they could win a championship right now
0: or, like, very soon with him. Just to... I mean, I don't even think i will give up a first round.
1: I mean that's that's what they're that's the only yeah, thing they would take yeah. for them though yeah. so it's so, it's hard to think about it. It's hard. Like the but Courtney what Lee what what assets do they have as far as like their their depth? The like, what, yeah. What's they can give away like the Hardaway? Nilakina has Nillakina Hardaway.
0: Hardaway. They have Courtney Lee who wants to get who wants out of. Well, are these players? He has no value. But are
1: these the players that like the Timber the Timberwolves want on their team? that'll boost them in yeah, the West. Because the West is really I mean, I don't
0: know. The Timberwolves just got Lou all dang, so I don't really know what they're doing. Right. They're, they're, they're looking the for that. Maybe, that's, that. maybe that's they're the Jimmy Butler played was. on the Bulls before. That's what they're
1: going <laughs> to do. Joe <laughs> so,
0: so where would you rank Jimmy Butler as, like on the list of top players in the
1: NBA? Top players? I, I'd probably have to give you like a range. Yeah, just a range. I'd probably go maybe 10 to like 20. That area and I'll probably put him towards like the late twenties oh, yeah. yeah the late twenties or not the late twenties the late teens because he's an impactful player, he's a hard worker he's good on defense, but he doesn't always boost you to that next level like top ten players that's like a tier one player, the LeBron, the KDs, the team the players that you're like, oh, if we have', them, we have a shot mm-hmm. we we can do this we're we have the numbers to prove it, we have the record to prove it, those are players that you see as like the tier. The tier ten, the 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 uh, ten to twenty group is like they're good players, but they're not enough. They're not the ones that really boost your team and make you think, oh, we really have a shot. Like they need help as far as what I'm trying to say. So I'd yeah. probably put them to like the seventeen twenty range area.
0: I probably have them between twenty and twenty five, just because I think a lot of other players can just do more than him. I think he's definitely a great impact player and his defense is he's probably a top 10 defender at like pound for pound or position. at his position yeah. definitely mm-hmm. no but you know he's just a guy who like if i need him to win a game yeah he could do it but consistently if i need him to score 25 30 points throughout a stretch of games or in the playoffs i don't know if he can do that because the shooting's not going to always be there and then if and in a playoff series i'm scouting you so they're going to know what he's doing going to the rack and doing all that yeah. but he's definitely a good player and i think he'll be the a type of player that can win a championship not by himself but he needs a you know another sidekick or you know a number one and he could be that number you know that number two or just be one a one b option but mm-hmm. i don't i don't think he's that player who can win one by himself or lead a team to, to do that mm-hmm. I, I think his his defense really does help him become one of the one of the better uh,
2: players though like i would put him i would probably agree with Nas, 15 to 20 ish range just because yeah, his defense is really good and, and when he needs to get a bucket, like he, he can get you a bucket. Like if he is that only one guy, like it's gonna be difficult. Like obviously he's not he's no LeBron, he's no KD, he can't just get you like one when he's double coverage, you know. But if he has someone else to take just a little bit of like the defense off of him, he will he'll get you a bucket. Like you saw him in Minnesota. He mm-hmm. played he he was always playing pretty well. He yeah. averaged, I believe, twenty-two a game, thirty-five percent the from the three. Good. Yeah. He he could he could really go go to the rack or pull up and and shoot over you, but without someone else to take that pressure off him, it, it would
1: definitely be. That's difficult. why Cat was such a good fit for him. Yeah, Cause Cat's a, Wiggins too. Yeah, Wiggins is, Wiggins is, is a good. I'm, he's athletic, but Cat can really create his own and shot. I think Cat is
0: gonna get to that next level. Yeah. Strong. I think he's, he's really yeah, good. I
1: think he's really good. He has the potential to be a yeah. great big.
0: He does, and someone else that has the potential to be really big is Tua from Alabama.
1: <laughs> he is just my Heisman, my husband like that. He's
0: transition just, to him. He he's just amazing and so is Alabama and like I was watching ESPN and on first take they were just talking about it's this Alabama's, you know, best team ever or Nick Saban's best team ever. And I was just like that that's kind of ridiculous. But <laughs> you look at what they just did just these past few weeks in college football when the season started, they're just dominating everybody that's in front of them. So if you look at their remaining schedule or just predict up until playoff games or SEC championship game. Do you see any team in the country beating Alabama this year?
1: If I have to pick, I'm going to have to be biased. We just came off an of upset. And you know I'm going LSU. If there's a team that could do it, I think LSU can just because we have the firepower and the heart to com- to compete with this team. We're an SEC team and we've had success in the past. We had the first uh, we had the first game we won 33 to 17 and we were the underdogs in that as far as against Miami. Then we played an easy game with uh, what was it, Louisiana? It was like Southeast uh Louisiana. Yeah. They smacked them thirty-one nothing. That's a good comp. That's a that's an easy game. Yeah. And then they just moved up in the rankings as six because they upset Auburn yeah. off of a game-winning field goal, twenty-two to twenty-one. So I feel like their defense keeps them in games a lot. They're good with game managing as far as like when to punt, when to uh, try and run the ball smart with play calling. So I just feel like. They just need to be consistent and keep up with Tua because he. Yeah, I do true. think he could win the Heisman Tua and his firepower as a quarterback. I mean, their
2: schedule throughout the the rest of the year is it's not easy, but it's also not that hard. They have the They're in the SEC, so it's it's not going to be easy because SEC's always yeah, pretty good. But for Alabama, it's easy. but for Alabama, it's going to look pretty easy. I feel like they they got Texas A and M this week, who's twenty two. They're not bad, but Bama will probably take care of it. They've got like Nasir said LSU, who's number six, they got Bama who's number nine. They got Mississippi State who's fourteen. So they're not gonna be easy games, but Bama makes some of these look kinda easy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they kinda come out and just slowly just just wear you down. Like they have more mm-hmm. players than you who are who, who have that ability. We're you know? level, yeah. Exactly. So I don't believe they'll lose in their regular season. They they might just because Upset anything could happen, hat. yeah. But if they weren't to... There are teams outside of the SEC who could do it. You know, you got the Ohio State, you got the Oklahoma, you got, you actually got Georgia, who's also in the SEC, just in, in the other uh, region. So I think there are other teams who can do it. But Bama will, will if, if they really do roll over these teams in the SEC and get through their schedule, they, they could just use that momentum and beat everyone. Like, Bama obviously is the favorite. Of course. But there are teams, it's difficult. Like, there are teams who could do it, but, you know, it probably won't happen. It's Bama. I don't, think,
0: <laughs> I don't think I don't think anyone <laughs> will beat them but if they if it does happen it'll probably happen in the college football playoffs. Yeah. and I I only have about two teams in mind and my first one is Ohio State just cause I just think they could be better than Alabama just straight up Dwayne Haskins Weber and Bro, J.K. Dobbins they lead the team I said that a couple weeks ago and I'm gonna say it now and I'm gonna say it till the end of the year
1: they got the Bosa brother They're,
0: and they have yeah they have Nick Bosa who's projected to be a top pick in the draft. He's hurt right now, but if he gets healthy, then they're as good as it gets. And the second team I think could beat him is Clemson, only because of familiarity. These guys play each other every year in the playoff. No matter if it's a championship or a semifinal game, they play each other. So Dabo knows Nick, and Nick knows Dabo, so those games are so unpredictable when anything happens. So I think Clemson has it, maybe not because of talent, but just because of coaching and experience and familiarity in Ohio state because they actually got the talent. They were rolling over teams without their head coach. They get their head coach back and they they're probably going to that my championship pick will probably be Ohio State Alabama and then Ohio State really does have a good chance to upset them. Yeah, yeah
2: we just got to see who, who gets upset because that's
0: really how it all
1: plays out. Yeah, it does.
0: Uh, late, yeah. game, late season, too, especially. Yeah, it does. Because they, they can lose a, a game late and then that can really forfeit if, on their spot in the college play, playoff. I mean, but they're be- Alabama, so they always get that upper edge no matter what. If they have one loss, that, that yeah. looks at them like, okay. like
1: Because they good. always have the shot. They, they always exactly. have the talent. You see the roster. You look at it. and They always talk about their front seven. Their front seven is really good. So, they feel like that their front seven could be one of the best that they've ever had. And if you look at it, it makes sense. They produce NFL players. Exactly. So, it just shows whenever you see Alabama, that's the team you're thinking, oh, if we beat them, wow. Like, if you beat Alabama, you put yourself at a higher pedestal because you have that confidence now. So, if you can beat Bama. That, it's not going to drop them out the playoffs. If you beat them once, you're going to have to see them again. Yeah. But it gives you the confidence to say, we did this once. Let's go out and do it again. You know yeah. what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I understand. I, I did like what you were talking about with Ohio State. Like, they actually do have a chance. Urban Meyer's just coming back now. He's probably, he's probably pumped up. He, he knows, like, everyone thinks he's, he's, his back's to the wall. Like, he needs to show that he's still, his, his mind's there for just football. That's yeah. not anywhere else. They got they have the depth. They they played um when they played the other day, uh they have Nick Bosa on the line and then they had someone that nobody talks about. And it's and um sorry, just give me one second. He was on the line and he got the pick six. His last name I can't even think of it I at this watching point. The last game. i was. Like, I'll look it up and, and I'll get back to you, but I'm just saying, he is another guy who they were saying is could be a first round pick. So okay. with that firepower who could who have all these this NFL talent on your team, not just the offense but also the defense that just means that you have, you have a chance. Because these are these are guys going up against other NFL guys, so it just depends who's really, who's really better. And if you have NFL time, you never know what you get with NFL time. You can get a fourth-round pick who's amazing. You can get a first-round pick who's amazing. So if you're saying at this point that he's a first-round pick, he's supposed to be better than everyone else. He is, so he yeah. wants to show in those big games that he's better.
1: Was it Jones?
2: Yeah, what was his first name? Uh... Dremont yeah, Jones? Drumont Jones. Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, yeah he got that true. shovel pass where yeah. he caught in. He just, he just ran yeah. in and like yeah. stiff-arms on the ground and ran to the house. I mean, he he looked good while Nick Bosa was gone. Because everyone's looking at Nick Bosa when, when he's in. Exactly. When Nick Bosa wasn't in, it's like, he's who are going to look Sunday at? Night. This guy came out, and he did that. And, and uh,
0: whoever was calling the game was saying that they're looking at a first-round pick for him at, at this point. It's only week yeah, two, yeah. three. It's only, but, it's, yeah, I understand. And when it comes to Alabama and Ohio State, like these two teams are really producing like NFL players, like it's like it's nothing, yeah. and they're really good NFL players and they're pro ready NFL players. So if they ever do match up, then it's gonna be a good game because you're gonna be seeing some future NFL players playing at their best because they know the whole world is watching. So I would I would love to see Ohio State play Alabama, and because just because I think that's a really good chance that Alabama could lose that game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But before we do our top five. I want to go back to the NFL and talk about some trade news that happened with Josh Gordon getting traded from the Browns to the New England Patriots. And that kind of just makes the Patriots a lot better and makes Brady a lot better, even though you don't think he can get better. So what do you guys think of the overall trade? Who won this trade? And what would you have done differently?
1: Who won this trade? Let's be real. The Browns Browns make another Browns move. Another L. They get rid of their best receiver. They say that they're not really sure. They think he's on drugs. But if the Patriots are willing to take this shot, I think for, what was it, a fifth-rounder? Conditional. A, a f- conditional fifth-rounder. the Browns also sent them a seventh-round pick. And they sent That's them crazy. a pick. So they got a pick, and they got Josh Gordon, who could be one of the most premier players if he stays on the field. And you put him in the offense with the best quarterback to ever touch the field. You can't, you can't tell me this is, This doesn't sound almost so warriors rotation. like in the NBA. Yeah. They're stacking the team. They get another great receiver because uh, they're going to get Josh Gordon now. They're going to get Edelman back off his of suspension soon. They still have Chris Hogan. Gronk's a beast, of course, like he always is. And Tom Brady will put up Tom Brady's number. You're giving... A great quarterback, another weapon to throw to. And this is going to show out when playoffs come around, too. You're going to see the production oh, yeah. that he can do. He's never been
2: in the playoffs. Exactly. He just like, I think the Patriots really saw something at that point. They, they saw that even though that they think he might be back on drugs, he's trying. Like he wants to be on the field. So when you put him next to Brady, like he's in the locker right next to Brady. He's going to see Brady's five Super Bowl rings right there. Like, even if he doesn't bring the to work every day, he knows. That's Tom Brady. That's the quarterback throwing to me. It's not Terod Taylor. It's not Baker Mayfield. I have the best quarterback to ever play throwing me the ball. If I can get on that field, I will make plays. That's what he's thinking. So that's what I'm thinking the Patriots saw. They're like, if I'm just going to give up a conditional fifth and get a seventh back, like,
0: that's the easiest trade decision I've ever made. I mean, I don't think so, in my opinion. I yeah. have to disagree with both of you guys. Strictly because I need a player who's going to be on the field and And produce like he has. He obviously has produced, but he's been in the league since twenty twelve, and he's played in forty one games. That's not even three full NFL seasons. So I mean, obviously for the Patriots, they obviously did not make a bad move. I would have done the same thing if I was the Patriots. But if you're the Browns, I think that's kind of a burden of a a release that you had. Because oh, so you're saying the Browns? I think I think yeah. I think like it's kind of a risk for the Patriots at the same time. But you're the Patriots, and they just. They sign people, they give you a week in practice. If you're not good, they're going to cut yeah. you. That's what Bill Belichick yeah. does. Yeah. But if you're the Browns, you really just have to get rid of him because if I am I have this talent, and you don't even know what he is. He had his last good season in 2013 with 87 catches, but since then, he played in 2014, 24 catches. Last year, he had 18 catches. And then this year, he played in one game and only had one catch. It was a touchdown, but still. So if you're the Browns, and then he gets hurt in a hamstring, he hurts his hamstring in a photo shoot or whatever, so if you're the Browns, you just gotta just get rid of him at this point. And I think it's just a good move for this team. It makes their receiving core weak, in my opinion. And they really do have to like look at getting a receiver. But if but if I'm the Browns and I just get him off my team, I don't have to worry about okay. him. That's just one less distraction.
1: You think they go uh, Des Bryant? Des Bryant to the Browns? I don't think That's another think so. distraction. <laughs> though, so. It's That'd not as good. bad of
0: a distraction. I mean, they wish Josh Gordon was like a Des Bryant distraction because he, if he's really on the field and he's producing, then he's going to be good. But they don't—they can't rely for, for him to be on the field, for you to be in the league for six years and play less than three full seasons of actual games.
1: That's true, but th- he's, you got to keep in mind, he still is only 27. I know that's not the longest career because wide receiver is a difficult position, but I think he could go to at least like probably like 34, 35. That still gives you a, an eight-year frame where he can still produce. You like you mentioned in twenty thirteen, he had a good season. He had eighty seven catches. He had sixteen hundred yards. He had not. He had nine touchdowns that season. When but you that's see- twenty
0: thirteen. That's a completely that different years year. Ago. You can look at Des's numbers it's from twenty thirteen, and he was the best receiver in the league. That's true,
1: but you also have to look at the quarterback. So the way the quarterback gets you the ball, the delivery that is getting from.
0: But look, if you look at Josh Gordon, what he did last year, he didn't even like he he obviously missed a lot of games. But he still wasn't even producing. And then he look at him this year. One catch with Tyrod Taylor. Who was his quarterback in 2013? He, he had um, someone garbage, he obviously. Wheaton, like, the, like the, the quarterbacks was just worse back then. Yeah, but so. the Sean
1: Kaiser was terrible but for the
0: team. But, yeah, he had the Sean Kaiser for one season. But that I'm talking about 2013. A lot has changed from 2013 to now. The top players in 2013, most of them are still the top players or still even in the league. So... I mean, it's not guaranteed that he's the same Josh Gordon. That's when everyone is really still thinking. And now he's coming with the Patriots. He's gonna, he's gonna learn the system. He has like what? He's gonna have a week or two to learn the system, and then Edelman's coming back. So I don't know really how much he really is gonna produce, how much the Patriots are gonna use him. I think the Patriots just got him as like a blanket. And look, if he actually works out, he's the same Josh Gordon, and they hit. But if not, they didn't give up anything and they lost. But i just not so sold on Josh Gordon yet just because he did have one good season, and that was five years ago, about to be six years. I understand
2: that. I just believe the Patriots, at this point, they've been to the Super Bowl so many times. They were just there. So they still have pretty much the same team. So they're thinking, we still have a good chance to go to the Super Bowl. Then we got this guy. We only have to give a conditional fifth round, and we get a seventh back. And this guy ha- has he's had a year where he's done great, and like you said, that was a while ago. It really was. That was five years ago. So even though he hasn't done it in a while, he showed that he can. Like you don't see people who can do what he did yeah. that one year. So just because that's a possibility, and you're only giving up so little for it. Yeah. For sure. But I but I do I do understand where you're coming from saying the Browns had to get get him out of their locker room. I mean, it probably was a burden at at the time. So they're probably relieved that they did it. I just think
0: they could have got something more out of it. They could they could have, but then again, a lot of teams are just like, wow, they're really just trading him out of nowhere. Yeah. So you have to think about it. If I'm another team, you're really like, all right, I'm not going to give up all this. For a person who might not be on the field, who might have extra problems outside of football. So that's why the pick was even conditional, because they don't know what's going to happen with Josh Gordon. Yeah. So it just, it's just a big question mark at this point. But that leads us into the top five. And since the Patriots did get Josh Gordon, our top five today would be the top five receiving cores, not considering tight ends, but just receiver, receiving cores in the league. Uh, Dan, you can go first. All right. Well, I'll start with who we were just talking about. I think the Patriots, even
2: without Josh Gordon, had one of the top ones. But with him, if he plays and he's productive at all, I believe they're even, they're even higher, especially because of Brady, bringing him into consideration because he can get them the ball. They got Hogan. They got Edelman. They got Dorsett, who actually looked pretty good, too. Yeah, he's solid. So I mean that's already a pretty good one. My second one's the Lions. Tate and Jones last year were incredible, and now they got Galladay, who's doing pretty well. He was doing good last year too. Yeah, he was doing okay, but like first two games he looked yeah. like he could be number one there. So it's like seeing that if he could keep doing that, that could be number one on the receiving course. Right now i I have him at two. Then I got the Steelers, Juju, A B, you know, simple, and then James Washington and Justin Hunter are okay, help him out. Then I got the Chargers, you got Keenan Allen. They got Terrell Williams, Travis Benjamin, and then I got the guy, Mike Williams, who they who came from Clemson last year. He was hurt most of the season, but he was a first round pick, so if he starts doing what he's supposed to, they could be they could be even better than they are at this point. Their offense is already dynamic enough, so he could add to that. And then I got the Bucks with uh Evans, D and Godwin. Like me being at the game, these guys were just getting open. Like I know the the Eagles de- uh defensive backs aren't great, but they were really just getting open and even in the in the other game against the Saints they were getting open and it just didn't look like them in 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 years prior last year they didn't they weren't great but like Evans Evans and d Jackson and Godwin now show that they they can all get open and they don't drop the ball like they were all catching it and like they would get hit and like hit and, and hit like he, did he, did he did have one fumble he did but he was kind he of it I kept seeing ball. Godwin yeah. would like come to the ball catch it with someone on his back and not be able to drop it like As an Eagles fan, it was hard to watch. They're like, oh, drop that ball. But they were holding on to it really well. So they they look pretty good. I have them at five. So those are my top five. Pats, Lions, Steelers, Chargers, both. My uh, top five
1: is probably going to go my... My number five team is going to be Kansas City. I think that they got some good weapons. I think Tyreek Hill is productive. I think Chris Conley can get you his couple catches because he's a big receiver. And same with Sammy Watkins. I feel like he can create the separation that he needs sometimes. They also got As the Marcus
2: far... Robinson. that's really good from from uh, Florida. From yeah. Florida. So they got
1: high. and they got a big arm quarterback. So I feel like that <laughs> helps them boost them up a little bit. I know he's I know he's only in the second year, but I think that unpredictability kind of helps them out a little bit. Uh, my next team, I'm gonna go the Falcons with uh, Julio Jones, uh, Mohamed Sanu, Calvin really. On paper, it already sounds good, and I feel like they have the productive, the pro- productive keys to make them an elite team because it's Julio Jones. When whenever he's on the field, when doesn't he produce? I know that the touchdowns has been a little bit shaky, mm-hmm. and I think they can figure that out. But him, as far as yard wise, he always produces. Uh, my third team, I'd probably go the Chargers, like you said before. Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin, Terrell Williams. They they got Mike Williams. They got solid receivers that have shown they can produce. Keenan Allen's a great speed receiver. He's great at getting open. He's great at creating the separation that needs to make a valuable catch. My number two team is Pittsburgh Steelers with Antonio Brown, Juju, always productive as they are. Uh, Darius Hayward Bay. They got James Washington. He's, he's pretty solid. And then my number one is now the Patriots. Because I do think, I really think that Josh Gordon can be that separation. Because they already, I know Gronk's not a receiver, but he plays like a receiver as far as what his role is for the team. And they need him. So I think Josh Gordon makes them a a separated team. They get Edelman back coming soon. So that'll be good. Dorsett's good. He's a great speed outlet. And Chris Hogan solid, too. Well, my top five, my number one
0: team is the Detroit Lions just strictly because these receivers are so consistent and they've been doing it for years. At least Marvin Joes are going to take half. And then towards like late last year, Kenny Galladay started really getting involved. And like Dan said earlier, the first two weeks, he looks like he can actually be the number one. And they sling the ball all over the place. And then yeah, these, receivers have, the these receivers really. these receivers get open and they just produce. So I think they're, they're really the number one receiving core. Number two, I have the New England Patriots. They just got Josh Gordon. And Edelman is suspended right now, too, so he comes back in week five. And they also have Chris Hogan, Dorsett. So they're deep. They're deep, and they're all going to have their own individual games where they get theirs. And Brady just has more weapons. They also have the best quarterback of all Shit. time thrown to them, so it makes it easier for them. Number three, I'm going the Atlanta Falcons. Strictly because Julio Jones is a monster. I know in the red zone, that's a different story. But Julio Jones, Muhammad Sanu, they were re- already really good. And then you add a rookie in Calvin Ridley who struggled his first game. But uh, last week, he actually did really well. And he, uh, he scored, he got in the end zone. So I think if he can get into his own, then the Falcons can actually have a really good receiving core. Number four, I'm going the Tampa Bay Bucks, Strictly because I thought they were going to be really good coming into last year yeah, because they signed Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin went to Penn State and I watched him and he was a late bloomer and they always said, you know, in a couple of years, he, he has potential to be really good. So he came out of nowhere and he was a mid-round draft pick and in a few years, he's going to be a monster. He catches everything and right now he's even showing it and Fitzpatrick has Evans and Jackson playing better than like better than they have with Jameis. So I think the Bucks come in at number four and five, I have the Rams. Because mm. Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods—they got speed. They're, they can all move in the slot, play the outside. They got good hands, and the offense is set up perfectly for all three of their types. And Sean McVay really knows how to use them. And having Brandon Cooks, you know, they really didn't have a number one. And and now having Brandon Cooks, it can spread the field out, and so Robert Woods can also you know spread the field field out. And Cooper Cup is more that possession guy who can get them down the field. But the game tonight is the Jets and the Browns, and we always do our predictions for the Thursday game. So what's the score and who wins for Jets-Browns?
1: I'm going to go out and say that the Browns get their first victory. <laughs> I think, guys, <laughs> I, think it's been, I think the wait has been long enough. I think that their defense is really good. I think they're solid enough to make the step where they can finally get their first win, first guys. Win. <laughs> I think Tyrod is that good. They can get one win. I think I think will be able to manage against the Jets defense. I know they're pretty good, but I think Sam Donald going against the Browns defense is what's going to change the game. I think they're going to force turnovers. He kind of throws picks from time to time, so I feel like they'll have enough consistency on defense where they're getting stops and stops, and then where they can get get enough points to win. My final score for this is probably going to be. I want to go twenty one thirteen.
2: Browns, yes. Browns, okay. So, I personally, I think it's gonna be lower scoring. You still got a rookie quarterback who looked good in this first game, but kind of shaky in the second. And they got Terod, uh, Terod Taylor, who's just shaky. He's always been shaky, kind of. But um, the defenses both look good in their first two games. I thought so. I think defense will will win out. The only way I think it change, no, nah, yeah, I think defense is gonna win out. I think that. Terod Taylor honestly should just be benched for this game, and Baker Mayfield's coming. That would be the number pick. one against the number three, uh, pick. So I wish that it. that would happen because that would be actually be a really good Thursday night game. But I also do think with Terod Taylor it will be good. I'm gonna say, it will be,
0: seventeen to ten, a little bit lower scoring than we've seen. Well, for the same reason that you said, it's number one pick and number three pick where I had the potential to be. I think the Jets will win this game because okay. Sam Darnold's motivated. He's out here saying, I should, I'm the best quarterback in the draft, and. Baker Mayfield is gonna to have to sit on the sideline and watch me play, and he can't do anything about it. So I think Sam Darnold can come out here and just have a good game and just actually try to prove something to Baker Mayfield and to the rest of the NFL that he should have been the number one pick, and he or or he's the best quarterback in the in the draft. And when it comes to the rest of the teams, to the rest of the team, uh, the Jets have a good defense. So do the Browns. So I think it w- won't be you know crazy high scoring, but I think the Jets could get the better of the Browns because I think. Tyrod might make a couple mistakes, and, you know, he doesn't have any receivers. There's really no receivers there. Hey, Jarvis. So, Jarvis is still there. Well, he has Jarvis, Calvary. but that's it.
1: Dude Johnson's a good receiver, even though he's a running back.
0: <laughs> so, if I had to choose, I'm going to go the Jets 24-14 to by 10.
1: Hmm.
0: I just think Donald, uh, you know, proves to everybody that he's one of the best quarterbacks, and I think that'll, that'll be my biggest takeaway after I watch the game. I just want to see a
2: Browns win at this point. It's been been a while. yeah it's been a while.
0: It's been a long time. But keep one in mind long.
1: that the Browns have held uh two really good offenses the twenty one points. They I couldn't understand. produce the points but I think those they played the Steelers and they played the Saints. I wouldn't put the Jets at either of those yeah, teams. Later, later, I wouldn't either, but. As far as offense. So but I just... the Saints
0: look terrible, to be honest. They they look bad. That that one, that one Their defense looked bad week one, and week two, their offense didn't look all that good. Yeah. And the Browns, you know, they're the Browns, so. They'll find a way to mess up. Yeah, they'll probably be closer, and they'll probably just not. find a way to lose. <laughs> and the Jets really won't earn this win, but. I just think the Jets got this one easy. But that's going to wrap up today's podcast. Go on Twitter, follow us at PodcastLogic, and uh, we'll talk to you guys on Sunday for the NFL Sunday Podcast. We'll see see you.
2: See you.